Welcome to the Locals Only Lounge. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer, back at you for another hour-ish of uh, Locals, loyal fan content, uh, feeding the beast of this uh, never-ending, you know, media landscape where you got to be constantly listening, watching something, constantly engaged. Don't think about your life. Don't think about your family. Watch us. Listen to us. You're doing the right thing. I promise you. Uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to this uh, on your podcast feed, um, know that the previous show, the the Loyal Locals podcast, has all the details for uh, this week's events, watch parties, uh, volunteer opportunities. uh, All of that is in there. This is our lounge where we talk a little bit looser, a little freely. uh, Topics come up as they may, and that's what we talk about. So if you're int- if you're trying to get information about supporter group activities, uh, check out that pod. Uh, but now I'm joined again by uh, our producer, John Cross. John, welcome back. Thank you. Happy to and, have uh, some free flowing discussions tonight. Oh, yes. And uh, Kevin, Kevin Joseph, our, our Rocket League uh, captain, uh, back with us again. How are you? Uh, doing all right. And we... Got another player already. Wow, all right. So you come on the pod, promote your stuff. You never know. Maybe you get a Blue Sky invite. (laughs) Never know. Hey, you never know. You know, okay, can I just complain about something real quick? I mean, that's kind of what I do on this pod. But Okay, (laughs) so I signed up for this Blue Sky beta like over a month ago. Before it went like viral on Twitter and like people were talking about, oh, everybody said Blue Sky. Blue Sky is good. Like I had, I asked, I because I've been signing up for every Twitter alternative that's coming along. Like it's just like what I do. Uh, Twitter alternative, okay, I sign up for it. Sign up for the beta. Never got the the invite to the beta. And then I just start seeing all these people getting in, getting in, getting in because they, they get invites from this person, invites from this person. It's it's this East Coast media bias, right? They don't they don't respect. <laughs> reporters on the west coast and respect anybody uh that's not in their dc new york uh media uh, elite uh you know wine and 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 champagne uh, s- sipping uh social circles and those of us out here the hard-working blue-collar uh journalists of the west coast just constantly being left behind we get up three hours later than them oh this story's already out there where you been oh i was sleeping because I, I live somewhere better than you, but anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's not what this podcast is about. That's <laughs> not what y'all are about. That's not what our audience is about. But um, we do have stuff to to chat about. Um, John, what's on your mind? Um, well, actually, I'm gonna hold off for just a second. I oh, I want to get your you guys dive in just yet. No, I I want to get your guys's take on on this last week. I know we 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 danced around it at the beginning of the last podcast, but uh, I do have some thoughts. But I want to I want to kind of hear some some other people's thoughts about just in general this week. I just I, I don't know. I don't want to sway it one way. What are what are what are your thoughts from from what happened this week? Well, I mean, uh, it's good to get pick up points on the road. You know, a road win is is important. Um, I'm still not too stoked about the performance on the field. I think Guido had a better game, um, but you know, and, and with Nick Moon being back is 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 huge for us because I think he's such an important part 
of, of the team and 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 what makes the attack so so potent. Um, but it, it's still not that sharp, you know, beautiful game attack that we've seen this team do. And um, it's just I don't know how much of it is like other teams getting game tape on us and, and knowing how to to shut down that stuff or um, injuries. I think Charlie Adams is, is a huge part of this um, yeah. because his distribution is, is key to some of these attacks. Um, I don't know. It, it's good to see Collier get uh, on the score sheet. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a player that, you know, because of his size uh, and, and his, his skill with the ball at his feet, like he kind of disarms the opponent because you're not expecting a guy like him, he looks like Drew. Doesn't he look like Drew Steck? Looks like we got Drew Steck on the team. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I played Barcada, you know, uh, with Drew, and let me tell you, man, uh, I'm seeing some real parallels with Drew Steck and uh, Elliot Collier. Uh, he he surprises physique, you. The physique, the size, and then the, the scoring ability uh, on the field, the competitiveness. Um, you know. Uh, really, if, if I feel like I'm watching uh, my old friend Drew, who who lives uh, way way in the wild north now, um, really reminds me of that guy. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm glad he scored. I mean, obviously it's a game winner, it's a huge goal. But gosh, I really wish uh, I really want to see what I really want to see is some some uh, I want to see some magic from Ronaldo Damos. I want to see him. Uh, I want to see them find him in space. I want to see him on that counter. I want to see him burn the back line and then make the goalie look stupid. Like I want to see that from him. And, and we, we haven't gotten it yet. And it's in him. I know it's in him. He's got these runs in him. It just hasn't, it just hasn't happened yet. And um, gosh, yeah. when it does happen, I'm going to lose my shit because I've been waiting for it. I, I feel like we just haven't clicked yet. E even, 11 games into the season here. I think that's where we are. Uh, just still haven't felt like the team has quite clicked. And we're still sitting there at the top, you know, not the top of the table, but up in the top end of the table. So that said, all the way around, that's, I mean, I I, I still feel good about the season overall. But I'm, I, I guess the one big thing this season that is different for me is I haven't really felt if we've had a lead late in the game like oh no <laughs> like i have for the last couple of years like we have a late lead and like Ugh. i'm not sure if we're going to pull this off this season we've been, even though, we haven't been scoring, even though we haven't been scoring as many goals when we have the lead and it's late in the game i i still feel confident going even, in there even if we're tied um i, I it's 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 never over, and we've seen uh, where we used to surrender goals at the end of tight matches. We yeah. are now scoring goals at the end of tight matches, be they own goals, be they uh, bangers <laughs> from New Zealand um, against MLS teams, um, or or um, uh, Drew Steck manifesting uh, on the field on the pitch and right. and, <laughs> and uh, picking up a. Uh, a much needed game winner. The back line still worries me a bit. Oh, uh, does it? Was it because of the own goals or the 
I haven't gotten a chance to watch the last few games. Uh, like I missed the last home game. Uh, but overall, the back line still worries me some. Um, you know, in the highlights I saw for the Miami game, uh, Koke worried me uh, from what I saw. But uh, I think overall the team has been more organized this season. Um, you know, definitely they can score goals. Um, and yeah, you're right. The end of games are a little less worrying than they were last season where they gave up so many leads late. Um, so as long as they kind of get that organization, keep improving it, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's so hard. Uh, It's one of the things that you love and you hate about USL soccer is like, is it, are they, or is the back line, are they not as good as they need to be? Or are they running into opponents that just show moments of class at the, at the, the exact <laughs> wrong time for us? Right. It's hard to judge, you know, Grant Stillman's own goal. Like I don't fault him. That was not, that wasn't like a header uh, like we saw against um, Tulsa, right? It wasn't that right. egregious. It was kind of a dumb luck uh, type of. Uh, I mean, they they all count the same, but I don't really fault them as much for that. Um, what is troubling is sometimes the uh, hesitancy or failure to make a play on the ball in that key moment in the final third, um, whether that's ball watching or getting beat, letting somebody buy you. Uh, and I'm not picking on anyone in particular because, you know, all 11 guys on the pitch at any given time, you know, make mistakes like that. But, yeah, it's just kind of what you get. I think that's what just what you get at the USL in this league. You know, you're just going to get those moments like that and those little fissures that uh, uh, an attacker – you know, with the right amount of space and the right mindset can exploit. And, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough game. And, and usually it's a low scoring game. So uh, a good attacker who can exploit a fisher can uh, have a big impact. And, and we see that over and over again. kind of some dead air there it wasn't we're all deep in oh i thought. didn't know if- I, I thought our producer was carrying us into the next thing yeah <laughs> was there something else we needed to talk about john was there something else on your mind i, I know you'd you said you wanted to hear other people's takes so that was this week was there something something we else happened? About what we're drinking yet oh what are you drinking I am drinking a S32X it's an imperial sour from uh, kilowatt peach hmm. cobbler Cheers. What do you have over there? Sounds interesting. Oh, uh, this is just I, uh, pizza port. I have water. <laughs> Joys of summer. Nice. Just I got it at Vaughn's. This is not a this is a grocery store beer, but it's uh, a good one, and um, you know it's reasonably uh, fresh. It was canned on May second, which is about as good as you can ask for from Vaughn's. No doubt. Uh, you know, I've learned my lesson. I've been burned so many times 
Um, and if you're a brewery, let me just go on. I'm going to go off another tangent here. Bear with me. If you're a brewery canning beers and, and distributing them uh, to uh, grocery stores, uh, I'm not talking about like, you know, uh, a Bine and Vine on, on Adams, like somebody who curates their collection and, and is not going to have a shelf turret out there. But if you're if you're a brewery canning beer uh, and you know it's going to Barron's and, or, 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 or Trader Joe's, or Vaughn's and you're not putting a can date on your, on your can. You know what? Screw you, man, because these grocery stores will have your beer sit on a, in a room temperature shelf for months and months and months and months. Right now, an IPA that's sat on a shelf for four months, five months at room temperature. Guess what? If I buy that and take it home and pour it in a glass, it's going to taste like absolute shit. Like, God awful. I'm going to say, oh, this brewery, whatever your name is, sucks. I'm never going to buy their beer again. Uh, and, and it's all because you will not spring for whatever it costs to stamp the date on the bottom of the can. Put the date on the can. Put the date on the can. Help out your customers. I check every single can because when I go to Barron's, I know. And if you work at Barron's, I'm talking to you. I'm, man, I find beer at Barron's that, that's like, over a year old like what are you doing with this year old beer on the shelf what are you doing to your customers it's like a big fuck you to your customers like uh, i want you to i want you to have a really bad time when you buy this and take it home and try to drink it so anyway put your put the dates on the cans and if you work at barons get the shelf turns out of there flush that shit or send it back to the distributor they will take it see this is the way beer distribution works the distributor will take back old beer but you got to tell them that it's old or it just sits on the shelf. Anyway, sorry, John, what are you, what are you drinking? Uh, water. I'm ah. just drinking water. <laughs> Did they put a date on that or that's, that's fresh stuff. That's uh May 23rd. <laughs> oh, Taylor wants to start a beer show. Listen, Taylor, they can all be beer shows. <laughs> if you, if you want to come on uh, to be, to be honest. We've, we've talked about that before. That has been a topic of conversation to do a, a tea beer show. Maybe, I mean, maybe someday here. I mean, I have to see Taylor if he wants to uh, show run that show. Paul says they don't want the old beer back, but I think some distributors will take it back. Like I think the retailers can send it back if it's, if it's past whatever date, like, you know, you can send it back. I, I believe right. that a lot of retailers can do that. Sh- do should they choose to do it? Yeah, you don't may want not that want on it. the shelf. Yeah. yeah, you don't want somebody buying year old beer, having it, and like, oh, this is awful, and that's their impression of your product. You know, some breweries self distribute, and they do it for this very reason, right? You can't trust, can't always trust a distributor, like the big ones like Crest and, and Stone, who can't always trust that they're you know going to take care of your your product. Um, so, um, well, here we go. Now, now the conversation's going. Yeah, now, says, now it's hopping. <laughs> I once picked up a batch <laughs> of Sculpin years ago that was supposed to be recalled. It was double hopped. Oh, no. Oh, no, See, not thing, double hopped. So, and, and you know, the when these beers that are like double dry hopped, so you, this is kind of a big fad in IPA production is to have the double dry hopped IPA, which, uh, you know, but when brewers do that, 
it does create a very very hoppy beer and, and they're they're delicious but it also really cuts down on the shelf life of the beer so a a double dry hopped beer that those hops have not gone like it's dry hop like they dry hop they they do it at the more towards the end of the process than um whenever they do it i'm not a brewer i don't know exactly what i'm talking about but it <laughs> definitely you know it definitely uh, uh lessens the shelf life for these double dry hop beers so if they're sitting you know if it's more than a month old and especially if it's been stored at room temperature it is man it is not good the hops fall off and, and you start getting like some really unpleasant flavors in fact you know a lot of people and this is my own pet conspiracy theory um people love to hate on ipas people love to hate on them um and i think a, one of the reasons is that so many retailers throughout this country uh store them incorrectly you know at room temperature they, they need to be chilled and they sell them well past when they should be selling them you should not be drinking an ipa that is over two three months old like you're really going to start it's really going to start falling off at that point um and then any longer and you really start to get into some unpleasant flavors which is i think why so many people don't like them is because they've had this experience i don't know maybe i'm full of it maybe it's because they went to the brewery and, and had it from the source and then they're like oh this is still bad so that's always possible some people don't love the hops i don't understand those people but some people don't love the hops <laughs> I, I just want to thank Tay Tay for actually catching my, <laughs> oh, I my followed pun you. that I did. <laughs> yeah. oh. Well, right. should we so, talk about MLS in San Diego, guys? <laughs> I was going to say, are we going to beat not? this dead horse? Or, uh... It's been uh, 17, 18 minutes. Uh, do we want to talk about it? I mean, what's there to say? I am... Uh, I... Oh, go, go ahead, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I am fully prepared to get myself shunned out of 109 for the next game as I uh, as we discuss MLS tonight. But I am not an MLS hater. Um, I mean, I, I follow an MLS team, but I've also been following that team since pre MLS. Um, that situation was not quite as similar to what's going on here. Um, you know, went from the team almost folding to thankfully being bought by an ownership group that had the ability to bring them up. Um, this sucks. I, I am excited about the idea of MLS in San Diego. I am not excited the idea that it's not loyal. That it's probably going to, if not kill loyal, severely hurt. Yeah, that's, uh, kind of my big thing about it. Um, yeah, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Kevin, I don't like it. Uh, I don't like MLS. Unlike MLS coming in to San Diego, uh, I don't like. Uh, I don't like it. I don't. I'm not happy about it. Um, I have a lot of reservations about this ownership group. Um, I have a lot of reservations about obviously its impact on uh, loyal, but because you know I'm so like invested in uh, being a part of the supporter group for loyal. I think that's why I care uh, so much and why it's been so difficult to uh, to see uh, the level of support that this MLS team is getting, you know, right off the bat. Um, you know, 
I, I wasn't like a big like soccer person before Loyal came along. Um, I don't. I went to the whenever uh, Spurs were here playing Roma. Um, I went to that. I mean, I was. I went to that. I got free tickets. Um, but I wasn't like a huge like soccer person, and it was really through uh, not even through the loyal themselves, but it was through the locals and the supporter group was really my uh, introduction to the team, right? Like I knew there was going to be a team here. I knew what a supporter group was. And I knew I wanted to be part of one. And so when locals started, uh, I, you know, that's what I followed on, on socials. And that's what I was uh, uh, engaging with before, you know, even engaging with the team, you know, and so um, to me, the supporter group has always been about supporting San Diego Loyal and my understanding of like supporter culture and, and football culture in general is like your club is your club, right? Your club is your club. You're born into it. That's how it works in England. You're born into uh, an Everton supporting family, a Sunderland family. You're born into whatever and your neighborhood. And and that's your club. And that's who you support. You support them, whether they're in the Premier League or the Championship or League One, League Two. Or if you're in Wrexham, you support them even when they're in the the national, whatever, National League. They're not even in the the English uh, uh, football system, EFL. All right. You just support your club, and that's how that's how football works, right? And for me, getting a club in San Diego, it's like, oh, here's an opportunity to buy into that and buy into that culture, buy into that part of soccer, football culture that that we haven't had and I, I haven't ever been exposed to. And so all of that emotional potential and investment um, – you know, maybe this is my fault. Maybe I'm an idiot. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have done this. But all of that that I had to give, uh, that I was willing to give, all of it, I just gave it to to loyal. Right? Okay, that's my club. That's my that's the crest. Is my club. That's it. Loyal till I die. That's my relationship with the game and with uh, uh, professional soccer in general. Right? That's it. So I think seeing. Uh, people who on game days in 109 are, you know, to the left and to the right of me in front of me and behind me. Um, I think seeing people who maybe my own ignorance, right. Who like, I assumed felt the same way about the club or, or their, their, uh, their fandom, uh, you know, immediately, uh, declare support for uh, this other other club, it was kind of like, oh, okay. So all of this has been bullshit, right? This has all been like meaningless, right? This hasn't really been what I thought it was. So, you know, maybe I'm a little jaded or, or a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, naive as far as like soccer fandom. Because, I, I mean, obviously people have wanted MLS here for a very long time and waited for that. And when they didn't get it, hey, well, okay, I'll go support the USL team. But then when USL or when MLS comes in, it's like, okay, boom, got what I want. Um, and you know, that's 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 fine. But uh, it's not, I think, easy to uh, just, you know, I'm a 
you know, this is sounds very stupid, but I'm a very loyal person. Like, I, I, it's not like, uh, and I'm not saying that because the team is named loyal. Like, that's not even what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just a loyal person, you know? I've been married almost 20 years. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, I didn't leave my wife because, uh, you know, a, a, a hotter, uh, a, a, you know, whatever person, Careful. you know, came into my <laughs> life, right? Well, I'm just saying, like, I'm loyal to the person I chose and then, I don't know. I'm not married to this club. It's kind of stupid to even compare the two, maybe. But uh, that's like the level of like, uh, and you know, that's kind of like what, what I'm what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I think um, obviously it's been highly emotional couple of weeks with all the news. I think for everybody, and I think Andrew, what you shared, um, and your connection, how you feel to the club, I think. There are a lot of people who feel that way, even people who may be looking or interested in MOS. And I think it serves all of us very well if we try to separate some things out. Um, I know you hear some of the people maybe that were in support of building Snapdragon, kind of the, we, we kind of stereotype the, the Aztec football uh, group, you know, that was against Soccer City. And, and they kind of say, but you wanted MOS. And I think there are some people who who want MLS here and have always wanted MLS here. And I think there's a whole bunch of people who are also in that group that wanted a outdoor men's professional soccer team here. Just the vehicle at that time was Major League Soccer. But then when the Loyal came around, there were a lot of people that said, okay, we have found our outdoor men's soccer team. And I do think there's a lot of people who feel like you do, Andrew, it's like you, you pick your team and you stay with that team. And I think we have people who have very strong feelings about San Diego, right? And our culture of San, like people who come here and arrive here and move here, they love it here. There, there's something about San Diego that really connects with people. And, and the people in San Diego connect with people. And I think you have, you know, you have all these, I don't want to say conflicting interests, but for some people, the the love of San Diego is slightly higher. For some people, the love of the, the team, because you're a passionate supporter, is a little bit higher. For some people, it's the, the top tier is, you know, outweighs some of the other things. Well, it's also and the I, supporter culture itself, because, like, you look at an MLS supporter group, and, like, it's incredible. Like, <laughs> you've got literally thousands of people, whereas we have dozens of people, you know, in 109, like it's a completely different experience. And like, that's as somebody who enjoys like doing supporter stuff, it's like, that looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> well, I, I think that experience, I mean, I think that is a key point that there is a, a solid experience. And I think this is one thing that separates us even as a USL team, but our supporter group and not just, I mean, we're talking about the locals because it's a locals podcast, but you know, it's more than just the locals and 109, the whole 109 experience with Chavos and the Rainbow Royals and the Fiends. But that culture we have built and developed, I think really resonates with people. What we do with our community and what our club stands for really resonates with people. And unlike, I think the vast majority of people, I, I don't see this as a terrible thing with MLS coming here. I'm not a fan of MLS, but that's the structure of MLS. That's Don Garber. 
that's different for me than the team that's showing up. And I, I don't plan on ever supporting the team that show, because I have my team. I'm a little bit more like you, Andrew, in that sense. This, this is my team. I've selected this team. But I am totally okay with anybody who wants to go and look at that and support that team. But as I've told a whole bunch of people in the last couple of weeks, I really see a huge path forward for us as a supporter group and this team, because even though historically, wherever MLS has come in, the USL team has not been successful. It wasn't here. It wasn't a team like this. If you look back at any of those other ownership groups and teams, it, it was not the same. And I think it was people had soccer and then something shinier came along. I think people have a connection to this team that is different. And I think we have a wonderful opportunity to grow that even bigger than it was pre-MOS. I think I think the MOS, they're still going to draw. I, I'm not saying we're outdrawing the MOS team, possibly ever, unless U.S. soccer changes our structure and we have promotion relegation and there's a way for us to you know battle on level footing. But besides that, I think there is a connection that most people have to this organization and to this club and to this supporter group that, yeah, I think some people are going to go check that out at, and go see the experience that might be that MLS supporter group, however that comes out. But I also think there's going to be a lot of people in San Diego who get more, get their eyes opened up to supporter culture now that they've got some options and look at what an experience is like with the Wave or with the Loyal or with whatever this new MOS team will be. And I think as more people get brought into the fold of, of soccer, who maybe were very casual fans to begin with, this team is really going to resonate with a lot of people. I, I strongly believe that. I think we... And, and we can't just sit on our laurels and it's just going to happen. I mean, we, we have to be proactive in making that happen. But I see... I see us having a strong foothold and I I can't wait till 2025 and we hopefully cross my fingers have our first open cup match. I mean, I think that that is going to be it's just going to be an outstanding experience all the way around. Um, but I I think again and I'm going to I'm going to say it till people are sick of hearing me say it. I think there is a path forward that we have that is different than pretty much anywhere else MLS has come in to bring a team before. And I'm, I'm super excited about our prospects, especially even more so after Alesmith and the people who showed up there that night and how packed that was and energized. And I, I'm just, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm, when Andrew Vasiliata said, we're here and we're not going anywhere like that, that's all I needed to, to like, you know, know that this is where my roots are going to be. And this is, this is my path forward as well as a supporter. So I, and I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that this supporter group, you know, is as successful as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. The, uh, the teams where, that MLS has brought in that haven't been the existing team, because uh, Jason mentioned Cincinnati. Um, yeah, he's mentioning yeah, St. Louis, but also St. Louis's ownership was involved a bit in the MLS right. team. They're just minority owners. 
Um, but you're looking at clubs like Charlotte Independence, uh, Austin Bold that he mentioned. I mean, Austin um, Bold was that was uh, Columbus, right? That was like a they moved uh, the team, well, right? Some, something like that. Not exactly. Um, but I'm trying to think who else. Uh, going even further back, Atlanta uh, with the Silverbacks. Um, I, I am here to wave my cane and give you some history. Um, so these are all clubs that honestly weren't doing anything to begin with. Uh, Austin Bold was an interesting thing happening um, that had come in after the third Austin Aztecs team folded again. Um, maybe not after, but they, you know, they, 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 they came were playing up in way the, out. Uh, somebody told me they were playing. They were playing at the, uh, oh, what's the Circuit of the Americas? I believe they set up a stadium within that. Um, the Circuit of the Americas is the big like F1, uh, Formula One track that's in the Austin area. I don't know where it is in the area. Uh, but they were always kind of a, a lower, um, the, their, their group was not well-backed. Uh, Charlotte Independence was kind of scraping by. Atlanta Silverbacks over the years had been on hiatus two or three times leading into that. They were never, unfortunately, going to be part of the new thing. Um, I feel like Loyal has a different foothold already, and they have an owner that's promoted the team, which I know sounds basic, but you know, look at the teams where there's no promotion versus the teams that can actually advertise themselves within USL, and you see a vast difference in attendance. Uh, Miami FC would come to mind. I don't know what kind of uh, promotion they get, but earlier I looked up, I found last year's attendance, and they averaged about 1,100. So, uh, and, and they've never, you know, going back to NASL or when they came through uh, NPSL, They've never really had support there, even before Inter-Miami was a thing. Um, because they started, I'm trying to remember my history, they started after the original Miami FC became the Fort Lauderdale Strikers in NASL. You know, everything old is new again. Uh, and then folded up in the whole uh, traffic scandal surrounding uh, Jack Warner and all of that stuff with CONCACAF. Um, so that's where Ricardo Silva's new team came in and he and the Cosmos basically took down NESL. I could go on about that forever, but, uh, uh, but yeah, no, there are clearly teams in USL who aren't promoting themselves and there are teams that are putting a foundation on themselves and, you know, Sacramento, San Diego, Indy, um, Louisville, Louisville is a great example of that. Uh, they have their own facility now that looks amazing. Um, so, you know, that's going to be the interesting thing is San Diego, I feel like, is in that group of teams that has really built a base under itself in these last four years. That It'll be interesting to see if that's different now with MLS coming in versus a team that was there, but nobody knew it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I want to respond to one comment. Uh, Loyal Loka said it's going to be tough if people around you are now BS. So I don't think that the people around me are BS. I know. <laughs> I, that I, I was questioning, you know, all of that. But no, I don't think people are, are, are BS. And like, obviously, everybody, you know, can support how they want to support. Like, I'm not like saying like 
you were doing it the wrong way and you were doing it the right way. You know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about like, like the emotional reaction to like seeing like another club be embraced. Like that's all. I'm, that's what I mean. Like, it's like, I thought that there would be more of a fight from, uh, from loyal supporters than, than there was like, I think the, the biggest statement we made was, uh, posting the loyal's logo on their in the replies on their tweets and that's that's like the the that's that's the that was the battle uh, i guess and and you know I, I do think it's a losing battle like that that's i think that's like the real like kick in the pants is like you know, no matter how much we like complain or or or, or don't like uh the team coming like it's going to come they're going to draw and it's going to be the biggest soccer team in town like by the very nature of like men's sports being more highly regarded by in the general you know culture than women's sports i know nwsl is still you know fighting for equality their players do not get paid what mls players get um you know this has been going on forever in the wnba as well so by the very nature of being a men's team in the top division, uh, you know, they're going to be the biggest story in town. You're going to now see uh, major local media outlets uh, covering soccer, which um, hasn't always happened uh, regularly. Um, and, you know, they might even cover it in a way that um, they don't relate every soccer story to the chargers in some way. Uh, I think we're all looking forward to the fact to the, to the moment when a, a soccer match or a soccer team is uh, talked about on its own merits and not in relation to a team that is no longer in town or a, a team from a completely different sport for that matter. Um, but, you know, it's, it's still, you know, I heard, um, I think it was on. Uh, so here, here's here's an example. Okay, so uh, I listened to the latest uh, Two Balls on the Mic, which is like the best local soccer podcast as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's the only one I really know about. So if there's a better one out there, somebody tell me. Um, <laughs> but so I, I I looked at it, and um, you know this was a big week for for Loyal. You know, winning on the road. Um, pretty exciting game, good watch party. Um, but they didn't talk about the game until 50 minutes into their podcast, right? Because by its just existing, MLS is the biggest story in soccer, right? So, you know, it's just going to suck all of the oxygen out of the room when we talk, uh, soccer and, um, I think that's going to impact the wave a little bit as well. It's obviously not the same, uh, not the same uh, uh, crowd at, at wave, but um, gosh, you know what? I'm the, the first time that uh, FC San Diego slash San Diego FC has a home match at Snapdragon at the same time that Loyal have a home match at Torero. Uh, let's see. Let's see what, Ferrer looks like on that day because that's what I'm really interested to see and that's going to be the the true test for me is is uh does this team have the support uh 
or is that crowd going to be, you know, just down down the road? That's that's what I'm not sure about. I I think eventually as things play, because anything new is going to draw. I mean, it's it's going to early on, but I think as things play out, I think overall we're all going to have different, you know, different core fan groups. And there's going to be people who go to all of them. Just like now we have people who are in 109, but they go to soccer's matches and they go to wave matches. And all of us may go to some bigger event type things for another local People team. even go to baseball games. I, I guess you need a nap, <laughs> go watch some baseball. But I, but I think overall, I, eventually, like I don't think there's a huge crossover between loyal fans and wave fans and it'll be interesting to me to see if there is also you know a different segment that chooses the major league soccer team as opposed to the loyal or the wave but on that i don't want to get too far away and we we do have a special guest here it's been waiting in the wings who's just popped in so i'm going to bring uh Tay-Tay, oh my god memberships <laughs> who has surprised us with his presence is he frozen already? Did he come in? Oh, no. He yeah, he's blinking. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Got half a headset missing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the lighting in this office is weirdly illuminating, like, not illuminating this side, I guess. And so if I turn, now I get one ear. So it's like I'm like a fighter, like a helicopter pilot, I guess. Not what are you pilot. hiding from us? Behind me? Behind Unfortunately, virtual... my camera faces a, uh, where's the settings? virtual background none like a vacuum a mirror the mirror is honestly the worst part it just <laughs> yeah, but like, you've got the scarves you you're set the scarves are good i need to redo my scarf wall it's actually um it's pretty good it's got more scarves than i can fit i've got another curtain rod that i need to hang up over my couch in the office and um i need to organize because honestly it's actually a utilitarian thing right now i'm literally going in there and like grabbing my Byron scarf to go watch Saturday morning games and then grabbing my loyal scarf. And then, you know, now that soccer's are done, but I was grabbing my soccer scarf. So it gets movement. And then you have to pick which loyal scarf you want to wear. Well, I take that back. You have to pick which local scarf you want to wear. I don't think I've ever worn a, no, I take it back. I wore my loyal scarves a couple of times in the dead heat of summer because they're thin but even for that uh i have a chavo scarf now and a rainbow loyal scarf so that will probably take more precedent so the the question of the night taylor I'm, I'm gonna put it to you now um what do you think of loyal's performance in miami and um the, <laughs> uh what we've seen so far from uh finding a solution to uh, charlie adams being missing and our uh faltering attack so luckily for my heart, I got to enjoy that game in a more fun way because I was at my brother-in-law's house checking in on the score and peeking at the game back and forth. So I wasn't sitting there for the lulls of us just like underperforming and looking sketchy as shit, which was probably good for my heart. I was, uh, we had a bottle share. I was drinking lots of little tasters of amazing sours and IPAs and, um, hanging out and watching dogs run around. So that was probably back 2016 style with a bottle share. I haven't been to one of those in forever. 
it was a blast. My brother-in-law is hilarious. He always thinks that he's going to help get rid of all the bottles out of his garage. And what happens is people bring even more and he ends up with more beer than he started with, which is great for me. Um, so luckily, you know, I looked and I was like, oh, one zero, we're fucking losing early goal, uh, own goals. And then, you know, three, two. And I'm like, oh, and then I got to watch the highlights and I was like, we look missing. Charlie hurts, man. It, it is not, I, I'm kind of at the point when Charlie's out, I'm kind of ready to just say like, it's already kind of sketch. Just give Xavi the game time and see what he does. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not totally go, Andrew. Oh man, this is what I'm saying. (laughs) Chappie's been on this bender for about two years now since he first ever even showed up for us. If you're gonna have kids, play the kids. Um, But at this point, I think I'm fully in on it. Like, if it's that sketched, just just play him. See what happens. Okay. Second question. Um, What's your? uh, Are you uh, ready to go? uh, get your MLS San Diego scarf and uh, uh, shout your your head off for ninety minutes uh, at the uh, FC San Diego you, match. You, you missed one question that you should ask before that, and it's obviously what am what am I drinking now that I'm not drinking? Oh, that well, I can't see, bro. <laughs> there Oh, big spender, the Pure Project. Pure Project. I don't know where this came from, but I'm happy that it was in my fridge. It's always the most expensive beer at the at the store. I I'm gonna I'm gonna. That's my beer. Yeah, Ashley just yelled at me. <laughs> yeah, heard. I heard that. You heard that, Ashley? They heard you. That's my beer. You can have some. Yeah. Uh, I think Pure Project might be the best brewery in San Diego right now. Um, yeah. like holistic, big picture, ignoring pricing, ignoring weights, ignoring uh, hoity-toity uh, hipster beer snobs like myself. I think it's, they just they're, are doing something right. They're certainly the, one of the most consistently great. Like you get a beer from there and it's like great. Like it's always, it's always like, oh man, this is fantastic. And, North Park's and, like that too. Yeah. And I, well, what's crazy to me is North Park started out not good. I've been going to North Park since the day they opened and their first few beers I was not impressed with. But with Pure Project, the other thing I really appreciate is like they're willing to make an old beer and they're willing to make weird barrel aged beers. Like I think their, their creativity is is up here. They're not just shooting for the old, you know, we're going to make a double and a single IPA and a hazy IPA. We're the best brewery in town. Like they're like, no, we'll make something weird because Everyone in the shop's like, what if we made a German? I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here. You heard the beer talk earlier. You're not here to talk soccer, MLS. You know, he's he's plugging his new show. You're like, (laughs) I'm plugging my new new podcast. Uh, (laughs) Beer talk with the Discord deter. So have you, uh, have you drank beer from Novo Brazil? I have had a couple. It's been a while. I think the last time I was like, I've had their stuff canned. Have you ever Uh, had a good beer from Novo Brazil? I don't know if I'd call it a good beer, but it's been a while since I've really kind of given them a chance. So. Well, you had a bad experience? Not a bad experience. It just wasn't good. It was just like, oh, these are beers. I could drink these again. But I wasn't like, I got to go back here. I need this. So I'd like to give another chance. And I will fully admit I have not tried to drink a bunch of their beers. I think the last time I was down there was after the Bear Halter uh 
open session where they only invited like the San Diego outlaws to the training practice. And then we all went to Nova Brazil. So that was cool. The I think I was riding the, the high the of brewery, which was at the brewery or the restaurant. We went to the brewery. We went to the brewery. Mm. Might've been before the restaurant was open. Mm-hmm. By the way, this tropical mist, Missy stretches Blondale is absolutely delicious. Um, but yeah, to, to answer your question about the MLS, and, and I've had a few days to think about this. I think, Andrew, you and I have had some long talks. I've had some long talks with some other locals, uh, Chavos, um, real serious stuff and real lighthearted stuff, too. Um, I personally am not that excited. But after thinking about it for a few days and I realized something, I'm not a San Diegan. I grew up in San Francisco. I had an MLS team already. Not that they're good, not that I love them like crazy, but they I had a team. And, and if it originally I said, you know what, if this is way back soccer city, if we could generate this fervor of a community built thing and get a team, I was kind of ready to flip. And I was at that mode. I was in that headspace, right? And it didn't happen. We got a USL team and I fell in love with them. And it took a little time. I thought the name Loyal was stupid when they first launched it. Oh yeah, again, everybody did. It was because stupid. again. And I and like for me, like I hated Spanos because he's a landowner from Stockton, not because he was the Chargers owner, right? Like I hated him for different reasons. Um and and Loyal eventually, like, you know, I just wanted to go watch soccer in San Diego. That was my original thing with with MLS, with Soccer City, with Loyal first launching. I just wanted regular games to go watch soccer. And they turned into my team. Like I I grew to love them. They did a lot of things that I ended up respecting them for they uh they did some shit that pissed me off and uh i think anybody's gonna do that and that whole carlton thing was really tough for me um i get where they were coming from i just didn't think it was our job as supporters to go out and put ourselves on that limb but we worked through it right we've worked through a lot we've done a lot of good charity stuff and so that team becoming an mls team the idea of that was exciting to me that like we could take this this thing we built as the loyals and put it up on this the bigger loyals? stage right the loyal. Did you just? Did I say loyals? You did, bro. Were you, bro? Bro, I, I cannot let that one go by. No, you can't. Sorry. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drink. <laughs> it was loyal. His loyal is now. Nah, I don't know what I was talking. About. I'm slurring. I'm drunk. I think you were trying to say I, locals. I think that's what it was. I think you're right. I'm gonna take that and just say yes. We're gonna fix, right there. fix this in post. <laughs> anyway, no, what, what we built with Loyal and what we built with the locals and take it to that next tier, right? Like, that was exciting to me. This is a different group. You know, it feels like they're not involved with this, but we don't get to see behind the doors. Maybe there's still a chance Loyal is still involved uh, in the future, right? Like, they can come to some agreement to work on mutual stuff. I have no clue, right? We don't get to be in those offices. We don't get to be in those meetings. But I realized for me is I'm not a San Diegan. So the, the civic pride is different for me. And I think some of the other people I've talked to that aren't excited, I'm guessing for them, but it, it's also kind of that, right? Like we've made our choice. This is our team because we built up with it, right? But I'm trying to I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of my friends that are, you know, they've lived here forever and they've gone through the turmoil of terrible baseball, terrible football, teams leaving. The only soccer team for ages was the soccers and they went from playing outdoor to high level to switching to this weird new indoor thing that was kind of fringe and and when people like talk about like loyal stealing soccer's fans soccer's 
they're not even really the same sport. They're a related sport, but like, it's like saying lacrosse and indoor lacrosse are the same sport, which again, I'm talking about ass. I don't know anything about lacrosse. I think it's a crazy sport that's for people in Connecticut. But anyway. It's definitely an right. East Coast vibe. <laughs> but it's different, right? It's just a different vibe. So I, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes and, and talk to And I've had some long conversations with people that are excited and trying to get their viewpoint. And, you know, there's the stuff that I care about by ownership groups. But, right, we're comparing a millionaire to a billionaire also, which is kind of like, all right, where are we drawing these? We're making weird gray lines everywhere and we're just picking lines that are comfortable for us. So I still am personally not super stoked on the MLS team. Will I go see a game eventually? Maybe. Um, I plan on being uh, a diehard loyal supporter and as long as they'll and play soccer. Until this MLS team kills them and then we're all just going to end up over there anyway. I don't I don't even know. Uh, but I'll, I'll compare it. It's different, right? So with Wave... Uh, I wasn't happy with that ownership group. Uh, I don't like Burkle. Um, he grosses me out. Different reasons than Mansoor. Does that have to right? do with him being on Epstein's fight log? or It, it just might. It just might. Um, and, and what he did to Sacramento felt dirty, too, honestly. Just from a business yes. MLS standpoint, it just felt God, gross. Is MLS like a dirty business or something? I, you know, who knows? Who knows these days? I hear, though, if you, if you get high enough in the tiers, you get um, – uh, samples of uh, both moisturizers and conditioners, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, wasn't Herbalife like a sponsor of? Uh, I mean, that was. I mean, some of the time. early sponsors of of MLS just really. This isn't even pictures. early. This is like a few they, years they ago. Took what they could get Herbalife right. on they the on the kit. So, but you know, I, I've been a Quakes fan for a long time, and we lost that team to shit owners that left to Dynamo, and then they got to start the team up again, and then that owner decided, you know what, I also hate this still, and then it's just bankrupt any kind of performance on the field so it's just i don't know but when the wave came in right i didn't like the owners but i was like you know i'm gonna wait and see and see how they had to sell me right i think that's where mls is they have to sell me loyal had to sell me and they they did so reasonably quickly i just i was more eager to jump in because i had nothing at the time i joined the locals right away because steve and drew and and originally Daryl started it and I knew those guys and I knew their passion and, um, and that, and that's the flip side, right? Like I know there's some great people that are getting behind this new San Diego team. They're going to give it their all. I just worry that it's going to come at the sacrifice of support for the loyal. And I, I don't I mean, think, how could it not? That's the thing is like, it, and I don't think it, anybody it, has an intention for it not to be. I just, yeah, yeah. I just, our, my time is already sucked up by this enough. I mean, ask, my, uh, my friends that aren't big into it, uh, how they, I'm on Discord all the time, keeping track and making sure that it isn't burning to the ground. And like, Taylor, are you going to get off your phone today? And I'm like, shit. Ah, how are those uh, swear filters going, by the way? <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. They, a, a couple others dropped in. It's, it's pretty much always you and Puma. But, <laughs> but I really enjoyed Boners was the one that set it off. It really got me laughing. <laughs> so... I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm pessimistically awaiting something to change. We've got a year. The flip side, right. Is we've got a year and a half before a ball's kicked by that team. They don't have a name. They don't have a crest. There's every chance that maybe this excitement finally, I, I, I will totally agree that um, I think both wave and loyal have missed opportunities on marketing themselves to areas of San Diego. I think there are people that don't really know these teams exist right i think you know check out like 
waves finally because of uh you know props to jerry he's got them down doing community events in chula vista at you know great places like mcakes um and reaching out to not just you know north county soccer camps right and i think loyal kind of missed that originally and they're they're getting back into it now and they're reaching out to community so maybe this gets a few more people in the stands for loyal while they're excited and waiting and they realize they like it and at least they're going to share some of their time with us. I don't know. It's been pretty consistent. Uh, So my son played for, uh, you know, Chula Vista football club and it's pretty consistent uh, loyal tickets on offer pretty frequently uh, wave as well. uh, Although that's been more recent. uh, One of the girls teams, got a a wave match thing going but um yeah for sure the i think that's kind of a no-brainer for these pro clubs is to get the get the kids out uh through the the soccer clubs and i'm sure they go i'm sure they offer tickets to everybody you know every match it's like we welcome this team from this whatever the the, it's almost every single match and that's good but like you gotta also get out into the community of like i don't know i'm 37 years old i don't have kids that play soccer I happen to be passionately into it. Like, it all the time. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking on that, man. What do you, <laughs> I, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, but, but, you know, you go look at like, there's, there's people that aren't involved in those soccer, you know, the surf or the whatever, right. Like, yeah. get out. I, and I think, I think that's something that I've talked to Weston about. And I think a lot of people have mentioned to the team and like, there's definitely opportunities to get out in other places. And I think, over the last year, I'd say, and honestly, I'd say, look at attendance numbers this year. I think we've done a good job this year, this season. I think the outreach has been better. So it's there, right? There, there's people yeah. to bring in. There's there's people that are not aware of what's going on in Torero. And I think there's people out there to capture that are going to be new locals, new Chavos, new loyal season ticket member holders, even when the MLS team is here. Well, I think it, it could be, uh, you know, at least short term, uh, you know, folks who are interested in doing supporter group stuff for this new MLL, M- MLL, MLS club uh, might want to get out to 109 and and um, pick up a drum or, or or, you know, see how the capos work. I mean, it's a great uh, place to come out and, and see how it's done because uh, we do a, a good job in the section uh, in providing that atmosphere for the, the whole stadium. And be right back. If, uh, you know, if you're excited to do supporter stuff for an MLS club and, and have drums and, and all that, like, We've got that now. Like you can come and do that now. Like, and it's a lot cheaper than it's going to be to do it for, for MLS. So those opportunities are there, and and I can certainly imagine a scenario where uh, we do grow in our numbers of in the supporter section as people uh, get excited for MLS to start. Like, oh, let's. Let's go and do this. Let's go and see how it's done. Let's go and, and be part of this now. Um, and that way, whenever this other thing starts, uh, we know what to do. We know what a good supporter section looks and sounds like because we've been doing it. Well, I, I think 
part of that growth, I, I think that is important. We do reach out. I think we should try to encourage over this rest of this season and the next season, get as many new people who might be interested out to see a game, to experience the supporter section. But I think we will offer a different experience than the MLS group. However that forms, there could be multiple supporter groups under some kind of umbrella. I mean, are we going to end up, or is the San Diego team going to end up like a 32-52 where it's fairly organized under an umbrella? Or is it going to be like the Galaxy where they're, you know, in different parts of the stadium and not always getting along with that each other? That sucks so bad. That sucks so right? bad. So, Please repeat everything like... you said when I was gone. <laughs> so we have no idea how that's no. going to play out, but... Getting people to experience a loyal match. I mean, there undoubtedly is going to be a little bit of a lull when the MLS team starts. I mean, people only have so much money and time, and there's going to be people who want to go check that out. But I, I, I would even say I guarantee. I mean, there's, there's, we offer an experience that is really unique. I mean, it's a good supporter experience, but it's also a bit unique for supporters across the country. I think we offer something that I'm not sure the MLS team will offer. And I think when people have a chance to experience both, there will be some that decide that MLS team is more the kind of experience they want to have. And there's going to be others that decide that 109 kind of experience is more in line with what they want to have. That's how they want to do their soccer support. And I, again, I think there is... There is a path forward to grow our support and supporter culture that we have for this club that we all love here. We, we have a, an additional spotlight out there with MLS. I think there's a, there's a chance that we could really take advantage of it rather than I know a lot of people, at least initially here is like, eh, we're just going to get squashed. I, I see a, I see, to me, a clearer path forward that we can we can grow things because I think we'll attract a different group. The people who choose to stay with us are going to be a different group than uh, yeah. I think you're exactly see the right. MLS. And I've seen this play out uh, with Minnesota. Uh, there are quite a number of people who talk about uh, how much they miss the lower league experience that we used to get. But I've said to people before, a lot of what I've enjoyed with the locals, I think the biggest eye opener for me was last year doing the first OC trip. And like a lot of that reminds me of my old days with the dark clouds in Minnesota. And uh, I realized how much I missed that kind of jackassery uh, <laughs> involved. So, uh, but there are definitely a lot of people who have been craving that similar experience. And now, you know, many of them will also, they still go to games. Some of them aren't in the supporter section anymore. Some of us are older. Um, you know, some people just aren't quite as connected because it, it's more difficult to be connected to the club in MLS. It's just not the same experience. But there's Minneapolis City who are now in uh, USL to whatever the old PDL is now um, who, and the number of people I know from, you know, the old school dark clouds and such also go to those games and they get that small experience, that small intimate experience through that. So I think you're right. There's an opportunity there to turn people on to what really makes this group unique and what makes the experience special. Yeah, that's true. And also, uh, bonus is that MLS is an incredibly boring league to follow. 
Like <laughs> uh, season to season, season to season, you know who wins. I mean, yeah, it's just not uh, as uh, unpredictable or uh, wild or uh, you know the kits are all the same. The all right, the kits are trash. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna That's, jump in because yeah, I know Kevin because the the seasons are completely ridiculously unpredictable because there's no system of any kind of continuity and just teams will win and then go to shit the next year and nothing makes sense. Also, just <laughs> I again earthquakes fan here. There is no reason my team should be in the league currently. <laughs> just zero <laughs> reason. I like I'm rooting for relegation for them except for that their owners wouldn't get the point. Like that's, that's incredibly <laughs> frustrating. I mean, watch. I think at the end of the day, and I, I think we need to start to wrap it up a little bit, but like at the end of the day, like the real like gripe here isn't with MLS or uh, uh, supporters who want to do MLS instead of this. Like the problem is U.S. soccer and one hundred percent, and the lack of a real pyramid. Like the the fact that we, the reason why we, the reason why we can't have uh, that Wrexham experience here or that experience of the 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 European fan who 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 just with their club do or die, you know, through the ups and downs. The reason we can't have that here is because we literally can't have that here. Like we can't have yeah. that here. It, it it cannot happen. It will not happen. Uh, there is no path forward uh, to 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 rise and fall and, and all of that. You know the lack of Perel, this this monopoly, alleged monopoly of U.S. soccer and MLS that is you know uh, you know part of some long antitrust uh, lawsuit, I guess. But uh, you know that's the real problem here. Like it's not this fan's fault or this person's fault. Or, or the the people who want to do this or do that, uh, the core issue. These are all symptoms. The, the symptoms of the main disease, and that is uh, that we don't have a real soccer pyramid here, and that really, more than anything, uh, uh, holds back the sport in this country. I think because if we did have, if we did have that, if we did have that system here, uh, it would just be more compelling. The stories are better. Uh, it would be better. I know Kevin's shaking his head. Uh, for some reason, your mic is muted, Kevin. I can't hear you. But, oh, oh, oh. I am not cutting you off. I'm waiting. <laughs> Tell me why I'm wrong. Romantically, I agree with everything you're saying. Let me just put that up front. I love that idea. I don't think the American public loves that idea. And, you know, having seen the landscape before... Not just before MLS, but before 2005 MLS, because MLS damn near folded five years into its existence. Um, we were so close. <laughs> I mean, you didn't want that. You you say you want it now. We didn't actually want that. It would have been another two steps back in actually having mm-hmm. a reasonable league in North in in U.S. and Canada. Um. I believe that MLS has actually contributed greatly to the growth of the sport. I know a lot of people now say that MLS has only held it back through its entire existence and blah, 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 blah. No, no. uh, You know, you talk about the the original NESL. 
flash in the pan, cocaine fueled uh, fever dream that it was. It was the DeLorean of soccer leagues. It was. <laughs> I like that. Wasn't I'm not sure I heard that 30? before. I like Wasn't that. there a 30 for 30 about them? I think. Oh, yeah. Was. No, if you've not watched uh, Once in a Lifetime, uh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But there was no infrastructure. They didn't build anything. They put some. They put a product out there. It sizzled for five to ten years, and then it went back to being trash, and everybody went bankrupt. You know, there was no foundation there whatsoever. You look at MLS, and MLS started out just floundering. They tried to Americanize the game. You know the actual gameplay, and they thought that would bring in more people, and it didn't. So, Don Garber, everybody's foe. I mean, the penalty point. kicks. I mean, they should bring that back. No, they should be honest. No, that they're was, an abomination. That was, they're terrible. Oh, Gosh, those are awesome. of of all of the things about MLS that you want. I, I'm not sure if you're just fucking with me. Uh, <laughs> that, that some people want of all of the things that they want to throw out about MLS. They're like, but those penalty kicks. I'm like, okay, that was no. the good thing. No, Look, no, I'm gonna no. say it right now. I'm gonna say it right now. Regular season games, no. Hand out the shield at the end of the season, but the playoffs, it's purely American. I think we should get wild and put those back in just for the playoffs, not for real penalty kicks, not for actual penalties. All right, but All for right. shootouts. I'm, cut, I'm cutting you off because one, you're clearly already drunk. <laughs> getting ready I'm for his go back to my original point and get away from those because what an abomination. All right, at least the MLS All Star game. Can we at least have them at the All Star game? Okay, maybe, but you'll never get the foreign teams to agree if we're still doing that format. Anyway, yeah, they're real so dangerous. So 2000, they kill the Florida teams, which was the right thing to do because those Florida teams didn't promote themselves, had terrible ownership, they were an anchor. They were in Florida. I mean, can we just do the Bugs Bunny cut off Florida thing right now? <laughs> anyway, so they consolidate and kind of bunker for a few years. That's when Don Garber comes in. And again, I know we all hate Don Garber, quote unquote. The guy grew the league. The guy got, you know, he kind of came in and said, look, we got to cut these losses. We've got to build. And... Eventually, you got to the point where they wanted to bring in more teams. And, you know, it wasn't just Garber, obviously. There was a, a push, kind of a, a circumstantial push, when Columbus could no longer use Ohio Stadium because they were doing the new renovations. And they built Crew Stadium. And that building of Crew Stadium kind of is a, a, a little bit of a watershed moment of if we're going to move forward and we're going to continue to have a relatively high-level league in the U.S. Our teams can't keep playing in these cavernous, high-rent NFL stadiums. They need an environment that, one, they control. You know, they control financially. But it's also more conducive to the size of the crowds that MLS teams are going to draw, at least for now. And so you had the MLS 2.0, where you had teams like Toronto coming in with their own stadium and you just started adding all of these teams and their soccer-specific stadiums, no matter what weird places they ended up for a while, uh, Chicago, Dallas, Colorado, 
Great stadiums, weird locations. Um, but they had them. And they kept building that foundation under things. And kept, you know, now you've got teams controlling their revenue flows, controlling their stadiums, and playing in stadiums that were the size that you would hope for a soccer crowd at that time. You didn't have Seattle coming in until much later, drawing 40,000 in and justifying opening the big stadium. Um, but now, not only are you trying to control your financial losses, which is huge because they were bleeding money, people are taking it more seriously because now these teams are putting out a product that looks like it belongs as a professional league. Yeah, but yeah, but okay. But still, uh, I mean, if if, if a team brings in a, a player from Europe, every team in the league has to help pay their salary. It's it's just, it's just it's such you're, a you're weird not, hokey. Again, thing. you're it's not wrong now. Weird thing. You're yeah, not wrong yeah. now. There are some things that are odd about the structure, but there are a lot of things about that structure that kept the league in business. So I think. Paul, Paul kind of dropped it right. Garber killed it for MLS 2.0. 2.0's time is done, and we have to move on. And I think Garber is still just totally locked in on expansion fee, big name player, more, more, more of that. It, like he's not, he's not. But also, not you've got a lot game. more teams now running academies. That's good. That they weren't doing for a long time. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Okay. If MLS can um, command $500 million expansion fees, um, it could take that $500 million and just buy the flipping USL championship. But what How much is the of? USL championship worth? Like altogether. How many is teams it, are in the USL Championship? Is it a billion dollars? No, how, how many teams are in USL Championship? 20? 24? 24? It, it's okay, probably... MLS I, is not doing it for that. I mean, no, the no, structure know, but, now is is to protect the ownership investment. That's right, where yeah, we yeah, have... Yeah. That's where we are now. Again, this this right. is, again... I, I'm talking about if they cared about soccer in the States. Well, that's the issue. But if they not, did... Unfortunately, that's not MLS's job. That's where U.S. Soccer yeah. Federation has right. completely let us down over and over again. Where in other countries, they have somebody go, "You can't keep doing that." You've like Premier League didn't exist what in the '90s, early '90s, right? They, they showed up and said, "We're going to start our own league. We're going crazy." And FA said, "That's fine, but you still have to relegate to Championship. You're fourth, but you're still in our system, and you have to follow the rules of our system." I mean, they fought for them still doing that because it wasn't a given. Right, exactly. But but they had a power that was willing to push back. And, and unfortunately, for a long time, MLS and U.S. soccer were in cahoots. And they've not – they're not ready. They did a lot of good. I think MLS 2.0 really changed things. I think, yes, we had to bring in some big names for a little bit, but the soccer-specific stadiums – we went through the whole thing of getting rid of goofy names and then doing all the European names. And now I think all of us are kind of like, shit, the goofy names were fun. We should have kept the goofy names. It made us us, right? 
Mm-hmm. The 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 fun, you know, we call it soccer argument. It's totally pedantic, stupid, but it's fun. It makes it enjoyable for me. I don't know why. And the but, English used to call it soccer until we. Oh, I know, I know the whole history. And, yeah, it's okay. fun lecturing people yeah. about it too, because yeah. then they get all mad about it. But ultimately, I think we need we need MLS 3.0's got to start at some point. U.S. Soccer 3.0's got to start, and I think continually expanding MLS to be bigger and bigger and bigger just hurts the level of play for MLS, right? T- to do a double round robin it, it, with 30 teams is crazy. Right. Now, if you want to split it to the East and West and do the whole, you know, AL, NL, NFC, AFC thing, I, I think that's an option, honestly, if you want to preserve the MLS big thing. But just keeping it at 30 is just insane to me. Also, also their business model seems to depend on uh, continually expanding uh, to inject uh, cash into the the system. Right. So, and I think um, and there's I some think kind of name a, for that business model. I, kind of name that. I think um, you overstate that, but I'm getting what you're going for. I think those. I, I I honestly believe MLS has the ability to not count on that to work, and I think the financial independent independence of individual teams has proven that. But the problem is there's a lot of teams that don't make money and count on the other side of it that need the support, right? Like they expanded in some markets that weren't good markets to enter because at the time it was like, ooh, soccer specific. Somebody wants this here. And they went, we're going to do it. Uh, and and there was the, the era of the soccer wars of USL versus MLS where they were really making sure they were destroying teams. I actually don't think MLS came into San Diego to destroy what loyal was doing i don't even no. care if they do but no. i think they went into some other markets explicitly going fuck this is gonna screw up our thing we gotta do it they just well, said, they came oh, here because they know that the the crowd is here that the fans they, are here. They said, like they saw thirty thousand people showing up to an nwsl game which has never happened ever right and that's it that's not just because it's waived that's also because the impression of women's soccer in the world has improved. Thank they God. They also brought finally. the best women's player. Uh, they brought the best, Alex Morgan. probably one of the best women's players that's ever played. I don't know. Was this in the dis in the Discord? Uh, somebody crunched the numbers, yes. and I know we're aware. Somebody else time. tweeted it, but it was awesome. But yeah, Alex Morgan um, on the away matches, away teams average like almost two thousand more people per game when uh, Wave come through with with Alex Morgan. Um, that's her 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 star power. Uh, the Alex Morgan of men's soccer is not playing in MLS until they're thirty five years old. No, um, I know that they keep dangling Mo Salah out there uh, for this team, but um, it's not enough. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's it, been it would, it would. I mean, the equivalent of Alex Morgan is Ronaldo, Messi. I mean, it's it's got to be way the fuck up there. It's it's not just that they're a great player; it's global brand recognition too, right? I mean, there's a lot of like World Cup personal champion, marketing, World like, Cup. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, right? And that's fucking great for San Diego. That's awesome. Um, and the, and what they've done, is, and and I think, and then Wave Wave kind of they said we're going to spend some money, and like having Naomi Kerma on our team is incredible. Oh, we also have the best uh, women's goalkeeper in the world right now is on the wave. Like, I think to anybody that argue it's someone besides Kaylin Sheridan, 
is just wrong. But, and uh, I you know who we could Discord. get? We could get the LeBron James of soccer. We should get the LeBron James. Of soccer. <laughs> he may be available. His <laughs> name is uh, Christian Pul- Pul- Pulisic. Sitch. It's Pulisic. The LeBron James of soccer, according to somebody on Twitter. Um, wait, was that on Twitter? No, that was some. Anyway, it's an old. It's reference. everywhere. Yeah, Puma, Puma likes to repeat it, and I enjoy it every time he types it out in the Discord. <laughs> okay, so uh, it's been uh, well over an hour. Uh, we have solved the MLS uh, problem, I think, in San Diego. In this I think we solved it. Previous uh, hour and twenty minutes, um, Pulisic in, Mosala out. Uh, we're gonna uh, win the MLS Cup in twenty twenty five. Um, we are going we're to also going to win the USL Cup in 2024. We're going to sell out Torero Stadium every time uh, the MLS team has a home game. So uh, everything is good. Uh, n- nothing more to. T- n- <laughs> Problem <laughs> solved. Back in the 1930s, I think it was, or 20s, I don't remember. Just one of the BBC like went on the radio and said, There's no news to report today. Thank you very much. And it was dead air for the rest of the day. Could you imagine how nice we could do that in this modern era? You know, I think also in the 1930s, and I, you know, the U.S. men's national team was in the World Cup final. I will just say, uh, I think it was like the, was that the first World Cup? Um, the so first, get... first World Cup, we placed third place. They did not play the third, fourth game, but based on stats, we were the third place team, so, and that's that's the high bar, man. We've got to beat that. There's precedent. There's precedent for <laughs> There's success, precedent. is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So, uh, local soccer issues solved. U.S. Soccer Federation problem solved here, and U.S. Uh, failures on the world stage also solved. I mean, what an realize- incredible hour and a half of of podcasting this was. I'm sorry, Taylor. Go ahead. I think you realize the solution is that the locals are going to stage a coup on Chicago House. Are they move? They moved to New they're York. Selling now, though, right? They're selling. They sold Chicago, aren't they? Hey, did you see it on? It's on like it's on Zillow. It's kind of a nice, beautiful building, except for the parking lot where there should be a beautiful garden. There's uh, a it's a gorgeous lot? building. Okay, I'm getting fact checked left and right in the chat. We we have got to uh, wrap this thing up, uh, Kevin. <laughs> once again, where can people find you? Uh, should they want to play Rocket League for the locals uh, world championship locker, Rocket League team? Uh, you can find me on the locals discord as KJ. You can also find me on Twitter as Doughboy767. John, where can people find you? I know you're also looking for, for help. Uh, yeah, looking for a scheduler, someone to help with scheduling for our Kicking It With The Locals interviews. So if you're interested in helping out with that, contact me. The best place to find me is on Discord at John Cross. And uh, Taylor, anybody uh, wanting to discuss the uh, finer points of uh, Pure Projects offerings, where can they do that with you? Obviously, I am eternally on discord as uh, director of membership and it's my job to make sure that discord runs smoothly and if anybody has a complaint concern or compliments are really nice i could take a couple of those lately uh hit me up uh i'm uh tay tay parenthesis taylor on discord and obviously on instagram and 
Twitter, I am the Victorian porn star, V-C-T-R-N-P-R-N-S-T-R. Uh, Instagram's pretty personal and mostly good stuff. And uh, if you're lucky enough to follow my Twitter, it's a shit show of everything that I don't filter. Awesome. Okay, and I'm uh, Andrew Dyer on Twitter at Andrew P. Dyer. Uh, still looking for that uh, Blue Sky invite, so pass that along. Hey, thanks to everybody who's been commenting in the chat. Uh, we do see you. I know we don't read all of them, but uh, it's greatly appreciated um, to have your feedback in real time. So thank you all for joining us, and we'll be back next week to do it all again. Thank you. Good night.